Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We're your hosts, Adriana Amay and Jackie Sanders. We're two art professionals sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys. We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist. If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified we drop new episodes every Tuesday. So on today's episode, we will be discussing the resistance that if you're an artist, uh, you may feel when facing a blank canvas. Actually, any creative endeavor could could have this kind of effect. This not only applies to any artistic substrates and mediums, but to many other areas of your artistic career as well. And actually, I would even say like to any other or many of the other creative endeavors. But of course, we're going to share this from the lens as visual artists. So um, the first thing, you know, to kind of think about is um, there can be this universal resistance when standing in front of a big blank surface. And sometimes the bigger, the more heightened the effect. Like think about when you were starting out or even at school age, you know, chances are most of the time you started with something that fit on your desk, right? Like a little eight by 10, eight and a half by 11 type situation. But the moment you get bigger than that, I don't know, there's like the psychological effect of like, oh, it's like this big thing. What am I going to do with it? Um, I will say though, for some artists, this is literally like challenge accepted. You know, they see this as an invitation to jump in. They can't wait to put their marks on it, put some paint on it, put, you know, all kinds of cool stuff in it. Um, but for many, many, many others, I can't say the majority, but I do hear this a lot. We hear this a lot. This is actually a reason to step back. And sometimes that resistance and like, whoa, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this big piece of canvas, paper, panel, whatever it is. Um, sometimes it's like that opens the door for um, the not so beloved inner critic to just show up. <laughs> that is definitely a feeling I think we've all had, especially because when you're presented in that situation, whether standing in front of blank canvas or to your point, Adriana, it can really be any part of your creative process or creative career. And maybe starting a grant application mm -hmm. when you've not, never done a grant application before, applying for an exhibition, cold emailing a business owner saying, I want to paint this wall in your restaurant. Um, it can be really daunting when you haven't done things before. So whether it's like a new medium, a new surface, really just anything that you are a beginner at, I feel like oftentimes we can react in those two different ways. The one is kind of the frozen, maybe I should just stick in the world I know, which is not having done this before. And so it's scary even starting or having that other mindset of, well, I've never done this before. So you don't expect yourself to be good at it. You just kind of go, go to the walls with it. But really when it comes to those situations, the key is consistent practice, right? Just like with anything um, in terms of a athletics analogy, it's just putting the reps in, going to the gym, um, really just doing things on a regular and scheduled basis to build that confidence, even when you don't want to, even when it feels uncomfortable, because you have to push through that mental barrier of like being uncomfortable to get to the point where you have that experience, you learn from experience. And 
at least kind of feel like you know what you're doing before then you gain confidence um, and excellence with it from there. Because the warming up period is really often that hardest part. Like the cliche that everyone says, the hardest part is just starting, which is very true when it comes to big tasks like this, like staring at a blank canvas, for example. <laughs> yeah, um, something I learned from another another artist was like, whenever you get a blank canvas, something she does is she takes a pencil and she just scribbles on it. She's like, boom, that's it. It's not perfect anymore. Ready to get started, which I thought that yeah. was really interesting. That's oftentimes too, even like from a painting technique, rather than starting with a white substrate, like just put blocks of color in that have nothing to do with your composition or starting with like a dark green or a yellow, something that just provides some type of visual resistance to stark white. Because especially mm -hmm. then even from a painting standpoint, any color in contrast to that is going to feel super dramatic, which may be what you want as an artist, but it could also be super intimidating. So sometimes easier to build it up from a neutral tone. Yeah. Yeah. I love it how like different disciplines, I've seen this with watercolorists, I've seen it with oil painters, and acrylic painters, of course, um, they'll kind of put a wash on the canvas first and it's just... I mean, it could disappear later on in the painting or it could show up in little bits here and there, but you'll see them, you know, like do a little bit of orange or might be a blue, almost like establishing a baseline, but it's almost like getting ready, you know, for what's coming next, but they're not allowing the the just blank canvas to just sit there. So I like that. Um, I do remember like back when, you know, I had my corporate job, I did have to come to a point where I had to make a serious commitment um, to my painting practice um, because I was encountering that. I was like, the inner critic was showing up. Who are you, you know, to think that you can paint this and like this canvas is so big. Like, how dare you? Like, just keep it small. I don't know. Those inner critic negative voices can be a little ooh, appalling. Um, but essentially, I committed to a 30 minute practice. Right. And I was just like, no even if I have to give myself a daily pep talk, like that's okay. I deserve to express myself on the canvas. Um, you know, you can do this just 30 minutes. And over time that became kind of like a comforting affirmation of like, it's okay. It's almost like it doesn't matter or it didn't at the time, whether the resulting piece of art from it was going to be good or bad. That was irrelevant. You know, the whole stopping yourself before you know because the blank canvas is stopping you if you think about it it's kind of silly like you don't know if it's going to work out or not unless you try it it's almost like trying a new recipe like you don't know if it's going to turn out or not unless you try it so you're not going to go I bought all the materials to make this amazing lasagna and I have the recipe for it but I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up so it's just going to sit in the pantry like that Anyways, I love to make those food metaphors because I'm like, it's the same thing. Like, why would you not at least try? I mean, worst case scenario, it's not uh, <clears throat> very appealing or edible. And <laughs> you just start again. <laughs> it's not the it's end of more it. ingredients and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Just try again or get help. You know, if somebody else knows how to do that recipe better, that's okay. But I feel like having a plan also helps. Um, both analog and digital sketchbooks are fantastic for this because it lets you explore some ideas before starting and just kind of 
roughly figure out like what am I going to do with this thing you don't have to plan out the whole thing a to z but you can just be like say you are doing a portrait for example then you can make choices before you start painting about the person that you're painting what pose do they have are they looking straight you know at the viewer are they sideways are they holding an object like those are things that you can figure out on just a plain sheet of paper before you get started on, you know, this bigger project. So a lot of this has to do with trying to get out of your head um, and, and just trying to explore different creative techniques to get the flow going. So I feel like when that blank canvas feeling is on repeat, uh, it's super duper important to try to find ways to get out of that mindset and just think to yourself, what kind of activities can I do that will encourage that creative flow to return? You know, so I can just get out of that, ah, or just actually, you know, be action oriented, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And that often goes back to that conversation of having a creative warm up in your studio practice, understanding how do you get out of your own head, really grounded in your creative practice. And that looks different for everyone. For some people, it's having a meditation, just doing like a mindfulness journal, um, maybe something that's physical that really just like gets you out of your head and into your body, whether doing sports or a gym workout or going for a walk around the block, just something that starts that getting grounded process. Um, and this, that includes both right before you actually paint but also just more in your lifestyle too, right? I know I definitely find that um, kind of when one of my priorities align, everything else kind of falls into place or it's easier to fall into place in terms of eating right, working out, socializing, have a creative practice. But the opposite's also true. Um, like recently doing more admin work um, than I would ideally like to be doing, <laughs> um, but it's necessary for certain deadlines to where I just feel in several aspects, certain elements may be off where, okay, if you're staring at a computer screen for 15 hours a day, wish I was joking, um, then you find that your body reacts a bit different. You aren't as present. Your mindset, when you sit down to, okay, I'm going to draw for 30 minutes. It's that doesn't have that same flow as if you wake up, go to the gym, cook a nice breakfast, make your way into the studio. Right. And so understanding that your creative energy is interconnected with all aspects of your life, I found has been super helpful um, rather than kind of getting down on yourself for being in your own head or that kind of magnifies it when you get down on yourself for not making artwork that makes you not want to make artwork more and then you get more down on yourself and it's that vicious spiral that we've all experienced at some point. So finding what physical aspects of your lifestyle and your creative practice can really just get you grounded as that creative warm up can be super, super helpful for a lot of artists. Yeah, I love that you're focusing on the like the mental health and essentially like the physical part, too, because I think that's an easy one to forget. Like you're painting for nine hours straight and suddenly you're like lightheaded and your stomach hurts. It's like yeah, you need to take care of that too. Like you have to remember right. we're not machines. We we have to yeah. give ourselves time to also step away from the work, you know, just refresh ourselves, right? Instead of staying there with blinders on, but I must finish this or I can't even, you know, leave my station. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I don't know. I feel like- Or realizing the too. whole day, all you've had is like, 
potato chips and coffee, which mm. I mean, I've definitely been guilty of those painting <laughs> sessions. Like, okay, after this layer, I'll go get food. Okay, wait, just real quick. And then you're like, oh, I had half a pot of coffee and two bags of chips and it's 4 p.m. No wonder my body is like yep. freaking out and my legs hurt. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Just taking that like kind of body reset, um, I think is super, super helpful. And you're yep. like, oh, I am first and foremost, a human and I need yeah. water and movement and food. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I'm like, I'm here. I'm there with you. I'm like replace the potato chips for fig bars. And that's me. Ooh, like fig okay. bars and coffee, sometimes yeah. pine bars, which I love too. And they're a little less unhealthy than other regular candy bars, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Same, mine's Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its and coffee. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but not those- <laughs> at the same time. You'd be surprised. You'd okay. Be surprised. All right. All right. <laughs> if anyone comes to my studio, you'll definitely, I mean, it's a secret stash of Costco sized Cheez-Its, but always, <laughs> they're needed. <laughs> Mine's fig bars on subscription. For sure. Um, no, Please but like <laughs> hashtag artist life. This is how we do it. Um, I'm getting back to the, to the flow oh. techniques before we deviate too much into food. And then I start feeling hungry. Um, <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm already hungry, Um, but the coffee's been consumed. So anyways, um, I'd have to say for me personally, when it relates to the creative flow, I think a lot of times if I'm, again, if I'm feeling that, ah, this like big surface is just kind of stopping me and maybe I even have a plan, but I'm not, I don't know, like the mojo's not there. Like I'm like, ah, I don't know. Uh, I'm doing, what is that you call it, Jackie? Productive procrastination. Like I'm doing Batman (laughs) instead of painting, Um, which y'all know, if you've heard us before, I love the art making side and not a fan of the admin side. But if I find myself doing a lot of admin, I'm avoiding the art making because there's something there that I'm resistant of. So I feel like a lot of times in order to break through that, I try to find ways to be, present in the moment, which I know sounds kind of cliche, but bear with me, Um, trying to figure out how to make sure I'm enjoying the process so much that I don't have to, that I don't have time to worry about the end result. So it's like, this is one of the reasons, and and everybody's going to be different, right? Your mileage is going to vary on this, but this is one of the reasons that the way that I personally work on my art is the the layers that I start with are more intuitive or chaotic or whatever you want to call it, energetic, they're raw, like anything goes, right? They almost look like graffiti. <laughs> like, like it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But like creating those textures and things, that's why I feel like for me personally, it's so important to do that part first because that's not the analytical side of is this painting as an end result going to match up with my vision of what I wanted to. I'm giving myself that permission to have so much fun when I'm splattering paint about, I'm just like slapping gesso on there, creating texture. Like literally there's this fun, almost chaotic side of it where there is no pressure about the end result because at that stage of the painting, which some people call it like the ugly stage or the teenager stage, there's all kinds of names for it, but essentially it's not the, it's not their stage. If you make that so much fun, then you can't wait to just 
like go at that next canvas and just slap a whole bunch of paint on it because you you know you can change it anyways but like you're giving yourself permission to do that fun part of the process first before you're like okay all right serious artist hat on now we got to finish this I don't know I just figure like again for everybody this is going to look a little bit different but if your art process is not enjoyable then getting over that blank canvas daunting feeling is going to be a heck of a lot harder. Like you, you have to find stuff in it that you just, you're about to burst. Like you can't wait. Yeah. Like you're just like <laughs> obsessed. Um, you know, part of your process that just brings you so much freaking joy that you just, you just want to dive right in. I don't know. Right. And like sometimes I mean, <laughs> if people haven't felt that before, or um, maybe are kind of in that beginning quote unquote, fake it till you make it type of mindset, they can also feel that imposter syndrome creeping mm -hmm. in, um, which I feel like for every artist is like very common. I feel like every industry, really, when you start rising the ranks, being professional um, in any career path, there's always elements of imposter syndrome. And that's really just when as artists specifically, that inner critic, the voice gets a little bit louder. Um, so it's super, super common. Basically people thinking like, well, who am I to make this artwork? Why would anyone care? Why should I be doing this? Um, this doesn't matter. This isn't any good. And you really like need to push through those times, um, which I feel like we all know rationally, but it's so different in application, especially as artists when it comes to the work that you're making, because it can be so personal. And you're saying like, well, what's the point? Am I like wasting money on this? Like this side thing that I'm doing that I don't actually want to show anyone. And I'm proud of it, but I'm like embarrassed to say that I'm proud of it. It's such a mind game. Um, but for all of our listeners, just know like it is very common. And in fact, making work that maybe feels uncomfortable often is the best work, which is kind of borderlines that imposter syndrome versus fear. Um, but imposter syndrome can sometimes be part of that beginning stages of taking on the blank canvas or at the start of any new project. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that. I feel like a lot of times if you're about to hit a breakthrough in what you're doing, it's, I mean, it takes experience. This is not a perfect answer for those uh, of you that might be starting out, but it's kind of that idea of like, you have to get really good at identifying is that resistance or, or that thing that's stopping you? Is it the inner critic just putting stuff in your head that you shouldn't even listen to? Um, or is it more of kind of like worry or maybe even a little bit of fear on what's coming next? is just going to blow your mind and you're just like I don't know if I'm ready for this um and sometimes it's just a straight up struggle and sometimes you do have to walk away from a piece that's just fighting you back and kind of like going back to something you said earlier Jackie like sometimes it's that physical side of it anyways like maybe you really do need to step away and go take a walk so um there's there's different things to look at that of course but imposter syndrome never easy of course um I feel like this especially or that imposter can be specially harmful um, if your time is divided between other jobs or responsibilities. Um, it can be a real stinger because then you're like, well, I worked eight, nine hours, you know, at my other job, or it was really busy at work this week. Like I worked 50 hours this week and I'm salaried. So there was no overtime. Like, 
if you're going through that or perhaps you are also taking care of other humans, you know, um, adults or children, et cetera, then it just turns into how can I justify spending time on this thing um, that I really, really love? Like, does it feel selfish as opposed to I should be dealing with these other responsibilities or resting from, you know, whatever the other jobs are? So there's that. Um, I want to say there's like a couple things on this one if it pops up. Um, one of them is everyone, even the greats, have felt this way at some point. So you are definitely not alone. We've all gone through this kind of crap before. Um, and two, just remember, or actually I find this very liberating, it's not hard surgery. Like, look, you mess up a canvas, it's just pain. You get to try and try again. Like, the, the, I think that's like one of the most liberating things I learned from a painting teacher who was like, who cares? Like, it's just paint. And we were painting in acrylic. She's like, all you have to wait is what, 30 minutes, if that, and then you get to go at it again. And I was like, yeah, but the, the texture of the canvas, it, it's going to show where I made my mistake. See, hot tip, y'all. This is why I do the what I do in the beginning, because it already has texture. So who cares? Um, But it was that idea of like, but no, I can't. I'm going to mess it up and it'll never come back. And I mean, we've had other episodes where we've talked about what materials you're using and things like that. But I'm like, if you're using something that's within your budget, who cares? Like, go at it. Who cares? Um, maybe don't buy the fancy linen canvas if you're just starting out and it costs you $60 and now you covered it all up and nobody's going to see the linen anyways. Um, but like, do give yourself the freedom to, it's okay to mess up. Like, you're not going to get it the first time anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, just giving you some, some thoughts there. Like when that inner critic, you know, just pops up, you're just like, okay, sure. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. Now uh, go sit in the back seat and um, bye. Like I got stuff to do anyways. Um, next up, uh, we want to talk to you guys about tips to overcome that dread of the blank canvas. So we're going to continue this conversation, but first let's put in a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Level Up Artists business community. This ever-evolving membership values community over competition and growing connections with fellow creatives who share the same goals and challenges as you. Life as a modern artist can be both exciting and overwhelming. Art school or self-taught, emerging or seasoned professional, there's a lot of information out there, but what do working artists actually need? Other industries have continuing education programs for their professionals to sharpen up their skills and stay up to date with the systems, technology, and tools needed to succeed. And we believe that artists should too. We've spent countless hours of trial and error weeding through tons of information to find the gold and creating sustainable systems that actually work so you don't have to waste your time going down endless rabbit holes. <laughs> We are passionate about exchanging ideas and sharing resources with fellow career-minded artists about the business side of art. From artist documents and exhibition prep to templates and tools to help you work faster and smarter, our course modules cover everything from social media to technology and sustainable studio practices too. Ready to get started? Head on over to leveluppartistshub.com to learn more, get immediate access, and level up your creative career today. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So when trying to overcome that blank canvas anxiety, as some people call it, there are practical things that you can do too, though. Um, I know we've talked about a handful of things over this conversation, but really, if you're feeling that anxiety, that nervousness to start something new, the first thing and 
maybe the most difficult, but maybe the easiest, depending on who you are, is just to focus on enjoying the process, enjoying that journey and not focusing on that end result. Um, One common quote that I love using is no excuses, but no expectations to where just take action. It don't set expectations for yourself that it has to be this good or this size or this whatever milestone you mark as success is just getting it done is the success. Going through the creative journey is the success. Um, Because by resetting those expectations, you also lighten the pressure on yourself, just making sketches and makes it more achievable. And because there's no pressure of a milestone of it has to be this just by doing it it's successful yeah yeah and and you know obviously like it depends if what stage of your career you're in right like if you have an upcoming gallery show I know that what we just said might be like yeah uh uh-huh no like I have other things but let's let's be real like hopefully if you do have that kind of deadline going on you've already gone through the process of planning new series of work which we do have an episode on that thank you very much uh please check it out uh, but essentially it's like regardless of what stage you're in is kind of like think of it as you can always go back and review what you're trying to do it's just while you're making it or even right before you make it, just don't let that pressure of that end result crush you and stop you from even attempting it. That's, I mean, a lot of what we're trying to get through to you. So it's like, that's where I feel like some of the most important things you can do is like keeping a sketchbook, whether it's analog or digital. So whether you use a regular paper or an iPad uh, or other tablet, um, just think about like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Take the pressure off. You can be messy. You can make things that are just for you. Please don't share it on social media if you're feeling some of this pressure. Um, Give yourself permission to make mistakes. Um, A lot of times that's where the best lessons come from anyways. A lot of times, and you'll hear this from other artists, the painting that fought you the most was the better one uh, or the the favorite one at the end because you learn the most through the obstacles that it presented or the challenges. Um, And... I mean, it's okay. Like just, again, give yourself permission to be like, this one didn't work out. What did I learn from it? Moving on next. Like, and and just take those lessons with you. I like, I learned this from another teacher a while ago who was like, the only thing you can take with you from each painting is basically like the lessons of that painting because that painting, once it's gone and it finds another home, it's gone, it's gone, gone. Um, mm-hmm. So she was like, just focus on what are the through lines in your work and that experience of the making that then you can quote unquote roll over to the next painting. And as it keeps going, it's literally a snowball effect, a positive snowball effects, mind you, um, <laughs> of your skills accumulating and evolving over time. So it's like, don't, yeah, it all, even the bad ones are good for helping you with the good ones that are down the road, but you got to keep going. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if you still feel like you're feeling that pressure, just remember that you're not alone in this. We all face it at one point or another um, and try to embrace that feeling of being a beginner again. Um, sometimes it may take stepping away, maybe engaging in some physical movement, getting grounded, some meditation to really spark new ideas and new inspiration. Um, but do whatever that creative 
warm-up is, that lifestyle adjustment that helps you get into that grounded space because oftentimes that'll help with the blank canvas anxiety. Yeah, for sure. Um, Give yourself permission to experiment, mess up, and learn. Like we've been saying, consistency, mindfulness, and resilience are integral to healthy and a successful artistic practice. So make sure you cultivate um, these things in your life. And you got this. Go, go get them. <laughs> like, you got it. We're rooting for you. This is the us cheerleading you on, you know, type of type of episode. Um, you got this. You, you'll, you'll get through it and it's going to be amazing. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. As always, our blog will be linked in today's show notes. We'll find episode notes and links to all of our other podcast episodes. If you want to stay connected with us in between episodes, share your feedback, or have a question you would like for us to answer on the podcast, you can reach us through social media. I'm at Amay Art across all platforms. And I am at J Sanders Studio on all platforms. And if you want to follow the podcast, we are at Level Up Artist on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.